Welcome to the Half Hill Report. News and items of interest for and about the village of Half Hill, the Valley of the Four Winds, Pandaria, and all of Azeroth. Half Hill Report is produced in cooperation with Half Hill Agricultural College, dedicated to serving the educational needs of the greater Valley of the Four Winds community. I'm your host, Tosh Mafuni, coming to you live from the upstairs room at Half Hill's own Lazy Turnip Inn. And it's listener letter time. This week's letter is from... Oh, it's from Thuna Grimywire, who writes to us all the way from Iron Forge. Regular listeners will remember that Thuna had a, <laughs> a bit of a crush on Brother Cadfile and spent some time with him in Boralus during our ill-fated coverage of the trial of Shalah. And she writes, Dear Tosh Mufuni, I'm back in Tinkertown and I'm writing to let you and all of your listeners know that Cadfile and I have parted ways as friends. Oh. After spending a wonderful couple of weeks together in Boralus, I came to the realization that Cadfile's heart will always belong to Gadget. Yes, that's very true, Thuna. He was a perfect gentle gnome during our time together, gracious and kind, but always with a certain reserve, which I think was his way of telling me that we were not to be. Oh. Well, I believe I could have won him over from Cab, <laughs> won him over from Gadget. I've decided to move on, but Cadfile will always have a place in my heart and in my life, if he so chooses. Sincerely, Thuna. Um, oh, there's a P.S. P.S. You can, <laughs> you can tell that smarmy Eliandor that I'm no smitten kitten, although I did find him strangely, wow, strangely attractive. Do you happen to know if he's in any kind of a relationship. Oh, my. Okay, well, Thuna, what an interesting letter. I'm glad you had a pleasant time with Cadfile and that you're moving on with your life. But, okay, how do I say this? I wouldn't encourage you to have any thoughts along those lines with Eliandor. He and his twin sister, Shala, are uh, close. They're very very close. Thanks for writing. And now, on with the news. There is a rumor creating quite a bit of excitement amongst pet collectors, hunters, and mount enthusiasts. According to some well-placed sources, these communities may no longer have to rely on taming or other such activities to obtain their pets and mounts. Instead, they'll be able to craft their own pets and mounts through a profession that may possibly be called protoforming. There's no word yet on how one might enter this profession or what the materials may be, but this reporter sincerely hopes that it in no way involves the Nessingwari Safari. In more news from around Azeroth, Jan Ironchin, who's normally our sports reporter, is continuing on his field assignment in Revendreth, providing continuing coverage of the dredger unionization efforts being spearheaded by his wife, Irie Freeflower Ironchen. So I'm going to try and raise Jan on the radio device here. Jan? Jan, are you there? And Ironchen here in Revendreth, providing continuing coverage of the union organizing efforts by my wife, Irie. 
According to Iri, the leadership in Revendreth is engaging in what some are seeing as potentially underhanded tactics. Oh, Jan, I'm sorry to hear that. Did Iri give any specifics? Um, specifics? Yeah, Jan. Details. Like, specifically, what are the Venthyr doing that she thinks maybe could be underhanded? Oh, sure, yeah, specifics. I knew what you meant. So, as I retells it, there was this small group of dredgers in the Chalice District who specialized in providing quality cocktail service to the Venthyr, who were going to form their own union. Well, not only did the Venthyr refuse to recognize them, they decided to, quote, reorganize, unquote, so that the dredgers who do that kind of work are assigned to individual cocktail parties instead of working as a group. Um, okay, Jan, I'm, I'm not sure I understand. How exactly is that underhanded? You know, I'm not exactly sure myself. Hey, Irie? Hey, Irie, can you come talk to Tosh? What? Oh, okay. Listen, Tosh, she's kind of busy right now painting some more signs. Oh, hang on. What's that, sweetheart? Oh, yeah. Looks great, hon. Hey, Tosh. Who's the Enlurb? Wow, Enlurb? I, I, can you spell it? <laughs> Come on, Tosh. It's spelled just like it sounds. N-L-R-B. Huh. I don't know. I've never heard of that. Well, whoever it is, Irie is hoping they'll help. Anyway, that's it from me for now. This is Jan Ironchin, reminding you to keep your eye on the ball and your paws on the ground. Thanks, Jan. Huh. Enlurb. I wonder if that's some sort of spell. Well, whatever it is, let's hope it helps. Hey folks, you'll never have to worry about confusing reorganizations when you shop with the fine vendors at Half Hill Market. Everything you need for kitchen, garden, or farm is easy to find and always at the best prices to be found anywhere. Half Hill Market, open every day, all year round. A world of shopping, right here in our own backyard. We've got a special feature this week. After a rather protracted absence, our goblin correspondent, Rizak, is back in the studio with us, and he tells me he's brought along someone he'd like us to meet. Rizak, good to see you again, buddy. How you doing, college? You know, I was wondering if you was ever going to have me back on the show. Yeah, sorry about that, buddy. Ah, forget about it. Family stuff is important. Thanks, pal. So, why don't you bring your guest on? Okay, here we go. Hey, guide! Guide, come on up, buddy. Tosh, meet Guide, one of my very best ogres. Oh, you okay there, Guide? That ceiling is a little low for you. Maybe you should sit down. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. Thanks, boss. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> hi there, Mr. Gerd. No, no, it's, uh, it's just Guide. Uh, okay, Gerd, so... Why don't you introduce yourself and tell everyone why you're here? Sure, sure, why not? So, like I said, my name's Gade, and uh, as you can see, I'm an ogre. 
and uh, I've been working for your friend Rizak here for a while now, and, you know, for a goblin, he's a pretty decent boss. He let me work my way up from regular labor to foreman, and he lets me do some side jobs, you know, like being his stand-ogre on tough negotiations or debt collections. I, I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with that term. Did you say stand-ogre? Yeah, yeah, that was my original idea. It's an ogre who stands over whoever I want intimidated. A stand-ogre. <laughs> Get it? Rizak, that's, that's awful. Well, listen, I only use it when it's absolutely necessary, you understand. It's not really my style. Yeah, like the boss said, we only do it when it's absolutely necessary. Like when them Sporagons in Zangamash didn't pay off. <laughs> hey, well, uh, we don't need to go into specifics right now. Mamas, I was only trying to explain... Kate, how... would you please? Okay, okay, I, you know what? I guess I'd really rather not know anyway. Now, Gerd, just by your size and appearance, you're obviously intimidating. But you actually seem like a pretty mild-mannered ogre. Does it ever bother you that people don't see past your appearance? Eh, it kind of goes along with being an ogre. But yeah, it hurts sometimes. People see an ogre and immediately think, you know, big, dumb brute. But that's not really fair. Ogres are smart. We can do things. We got a proud ancient culture. We can do all the same jobs everyone does. Hunter, mage, priest, warlock, shaman, rogue. Rogue? Really? Hey, I said we could do all the same jobs. I didn't say we were good at all of them. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm sorry. That was a joke. I, I beg your pardon? I said it was a joke. What, you never heard a joke before? You sounded surprised that ogres could be rogues. And I said, you know what, never mind, the moment's gone. See, this is a problem, too. No one thinks Ogre's got the sense of humor. Oh, <laughs> okay, Gerd, listen, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend. Yeah, yeah, I know. You're Rizak's pal, so it's no good. You know, I can be a little overly sensitive. I've always been big for my age. You know, my nose and my jaws all busted up from my time in the arena. So, you know, people hear me talk and, you know, they make assumptions. So, college... Now that the introductions is over, what would you think of giving Gerd here a job as a correspondent? Ah, um, uh, a correspondent. Well, gosh, um, you've kind of caught me by surprise here, Rizak. I told you this was a bad idea, boss. See here, college. I know you want more business-type reporting. <laughs> Rizak... I have never said I wanted more. Okay, okay, not in so many words, but uh, you definitely implied it. Anyways, I just don't want to do business reports. I want to be a war correspondent. So I was thinking uh, that maybe Gerd here could do the financial beat, and I could go back to doing what I do best. What you do best? <laughs> Rizak, come on. You were never much of a... So, Tosh. Oh, you don't mind if I call you Tosh. 
Okay, good. I knew you was going to be surprised by this idea, and I told Rizak here that we shouldn't do that. But listen, we don't need an answer today. Just think about it, all right? We're going to be around a few days. Why don't you just, uh, you know, get back to us on it? Hey, good idea. Listen, college, you give it some thought. I really think Gerd here could bring something special to the show. Uh, okay, sure, I, I'll think about it. But Gerd, either way, it was really great meeting you. It was nice meeting you too, Tosh. And Rizak, great to see you again, buddy. Hey, it's good to be seen, college. Well, we got business to do. Come on, Gerd. Hey, nice job at the end there, Gerd. Brilliant negotiating technique. Don't force an answer if you think it's going to be no. I learned from the best, boss. <laughs> hey, I heard that. Well, uh, that was interesting. Uh, okay, right. Uh, where are we? Oh, checking the Azeroth calendar. The Lunar Festival, Azeroth's annual two-week celebration of the wisdom and valor of Azeroth's honored elders, starts today. So make your plans to travel to Moonglade, Nighthaven, or your favorite capital city for this two-week celebration. And the Love is in the Air Festival starts just one week later. It's time once again for our weekly feature, Wandering with Velmic and Demesis with everyone's favorite Draenei travel correspondent, Velmic. So, Velmic, last week you told us that you, Demesis, and Tilly were starting a world tour of battle arenas, starting with the Ring of Blood. How did it go? Hey there, Tosh. Well, it was interesting. Tilly, of course, was very excited to travel to Nagrand to test herself in arena, and pick up little extra gold. Really? You know, I've never gotten the impression that either Demesis or Tilly were very hard up for gold. Eh, the assassination business has been a little slow for Tilly lately. Anyway, like I am saying, it was whole day of travel from Hefil to Stormwind, where we take Portal to Shetrath, and then Flightmaster to Telar, which has very nice in, by the way, which is good because we decide to stay there overnight. Wow, the inn was that nice, huh? Oh yes, very nice. But no, that isn't why we stay. We find out when we get to Telar that there is no flight master anywhere near Laughing Skull Ruins, which is where Ring of Blood is. We were going to have long ride the next day. Well, it sounds like at least you were able to hire some horses then. That's good. Not horses. Talbucks, which is much better for Draenei at least. For Tilly, eh, not so much. She knows how to ride horse, but Talbuck, very different. So she had to ride Pillion with Demesis, which made her very unhappy. You know, she complained the whole way. Well, that must have put her in quite a mood when you finally got to the Ring of Blood. She was pretty cranky. When we got to outskirts of Ogre Village, Demesis and I commented on how their houses look like upside-down clay pots, and Tilly says, I hope they fight better than they make houses. Well, that wasn't very nice. 
Like I am saying, she was cranky. Anyway, we get to Ring of Blood on north end of village. Ring of Blood is a sunken arena, ringed in wood slats with sharpened wood spikes on top. Matches are overseen by goblin named Gurgthak, his champion ogre named of Mogar, and Woden, his troll servant. Arena is littered with broken and bloody remains from previous fights. Ew. I know, right? You know, the Mises give the arena a long look and say to Tilly, Wife, I am thinking maybe there might be easier way to pick up some extra gold. Tilly just laugh and say, Maybe easier, but not as much fun. And with that, she walk up to Gurkthak and ask for match. Gurkthak give her long look, taking in her leathers, daggers, and maybe even her figure a little bit. And then he says, Okay, how about you take on Broken Toe? You wait in arena, and we'll send him in. So she goes down into pit to face off with Broken Toe, a big, shaggy cleft hoof. She took him down quickly with a few slashing dual blade moves. After she got paid the prize money by Woden the troll servant, Tilly tell Gurgthak that she didn't think that was much of a challenge and asked, What else do you have? Gurgthak thought for a moment and then asked Tilly, How do you feel about a threesome? <laughs> and before he knew what was happening, Demesis was standing in front of him with her bow drawn and an arrow pointed straight between his eyes. Well, I can hardly blame her. That was a pretty bold proposition. Yes, except you misunderstood, just like Demesis and I did. He meant, how would Tilly like to fight two opponents at once? Or so you assume. Good point. In any case, he did send out two opponents for Tilly, the Blue Brothers, a pair of Kurenai. And let me tell you, neither Demesis nor I were happy to see that. But Tilly dropped them both with a fan of poison knives before one brother could finish saying to the other, Who is that girl? And so she collect another 30 gold. Now she is feeling pretty cocky and asks for another match. This time Gurkthak is looking a little mad about how much she is winning. So he match her up with Rokdar the Sundered Lord, a huge stone elemental. Before Tilly goes into the ring, he says, You might want to take your friends this time. Tilly gives him look over her shoulder that says, Do I look like I need help? Wait, wait, are you saying Tilly took on a giant stone elemental with a pair of daggers? <laughs> Velmic, I'm no fighter. But even I know that sounds like a mismatch. And it would have been too if Tilly hadn't had a pair of poisoned, serrated bone spikes tucked into her boots, which did the job after a while. Fortunately, Tilly is very quick on her feet and dodged his giant stomping feet while the poison worked. So by now Tilly has almost 100 gold in winnings and it is really in the zone. This time she doesn't even leave Arena. She calls up to Gurkthok. Give the gold to my wife and send down another if you dare. After that, Gurkthok is furious. He is losing a lot of gold to what he sees as a wisp of a human girl. 
So, one after another, he sends down Skragath, a Void Lord, and an ethereal Warmall champion. And each time, story is same. A short battle that ended with Tilly standing over fallen champion, her skin glowing with sweat, her daggers dripping, and a big feral grin on her face. Velmek, please tell me she stopped after that. You know, I think she would have, and I am also thinking that Gurthok felt like he had lost enough to her. But now, Mogar, the giant two-headed ogre shaman, was furious and challenged Tilly himself. Tilly grinned and winked at Gurgthok, tossing her bag of gold coins from hand to hand and said to him, Double or nothing? Demesis whispers, Wife, don't you think we should just take our winnings and go? That's over 150 gold you are holding. Tilly snorted and said, You expect me to back down from this double-headed galoot? Besides, 300 gold is better than 150. So, they square off in pit. Tilly is barely holding her own and not doing very much damage. I am even throwing a little healing, just enough to protect her, but not so much that she will notice. At one point, she looks over her shoulder at the Mises and shouts, Take out that totem! And before the Mises can get an arrow off, her pet hyena Jake charges into the arena, leaps up at Mogor, and tears the throat out of both necks. What? Yes, we were all surprised too. Tilly stood there in shock as Jake trotted back to Demesis with a very self-satisfied manner and sat down next to her with what looked for all the world like a grin. Tilly stalked up to Demesis. I was doing fine. Why did you send Jake? Demesis said back to her, I didn't send him. He just wanted to protect you. Tilly scowled at Jake and was going to scold him, but she stopped when Gurkthok said, I guess you lose, girly. Tilly turned slowly and said through gritted teeth, I beg your pardon? Gurkthok grinned and said, You heard me? Your girlfriend's dog won the fight, not you. Our bet was double or nothing on you winning. You didn't say anything about the pet. Uh-oh. This sounds like it's not going to end well for someone. It almost did. Tilly gripped her daggers and went into crouch. By this time, commotion had drawn the attention of some of the local ogres. And I say to Demesis, Cousin, maybe we should just let this go. But Demesis, who had already knocked an arrow and drawn her bow, said to me, Stay out of this, cousin. And then, in deadly calm voice to Gurgthak, My wife and I are going to take the 150 gold and leave peacefully. Is that okay with you? Gurgthak took a long look at Demesis, Tilly, and Jake, shrugged his shoulders and say, What do you want for nothing? A rubber biscuit? Take the gold and get out of here before I forget my manners with ladies. <laughs> Wow. Well, Velmic, your adventures with Demesis and Tilly are always very exciting. And I'm glad she earned the gold she wanted. 
Did she spend it on anything in particular? She told me on way home that she wanted to get a special Love is in the Air present for the missus. Aw, that's, that's kind of sweet. I thought so too. And she will have chance to earn even more gold next week when we go to Gadget Zen and Tilly fights in the fabled Thunderdome. Yeah, um, about next week. You know, I have to go home to my family again. Healers are going to be working on my mom, and I need to be there to help my family. Oh, sure, I understand, Tosh. And I am sure the listeners do, too. Give my best to your family, and until I see you in a couple of weeks, Dionys Aka, my friend. Thanks, Velmec, and Dionys Aka to you as well. As always, we are coming to you live from the Lazy Turnip Inn, in the heart of Half Hill, the little town that time forgot and the years can't improve. Whether you're a Half Hill resident or just traveling through our fair town, drop by and see us, won't you? And when you do, don't forget to ask Den Den for a cold, refreshing Storm Stout brew. Brewed right here in the valley by the fine Pandarans at Storm Stout Brewery. When in doubt, reach for a storm stop. Thanks for joining me again this week, and make sure to tune in later this week for another hilarious episode of The Great Grease Collar. Listen into the hijinks as that irrepressible but hapless goblin, Wexvexel Grease Collar, gets some advice and romance from his young niece and nephew as he prepares for the Love is in the Air Festival. See you in a couple of weeks, folks, and remember, make your own turnip. The Half Hill Report is a fan-created fictional radio broadcast based on World of Warcraft. All place names, character names, and music from World of Warcraft used in the Half Hill Report are the exclusive property of Blizzard Entertainment. World of Warcraft is a trademark or registered trademark of Blizzard Entertainment Inc. in the U.S. and other countries. No copyright or trademark infringement is intended by the Half Hill Report. If you would like to reach us, you can find us on Twitter at Report, or drop us an email at halfhillreport at yahoo.com.